A little less than a year ago, a young lady approached me and said, I love what you're doing with Truth For Your 20s, and I would love to start a partner podcast called Truth For Your Teens. So we had a few phone calls about it. This girl is amazing. I trust her ability. She's doing incredible things. And I got the honor to be a guest on her recent episode. We talked all about dating. This was a really fun conversation. And I thought, hey, why don't we share it here on Truth For Your 20s as well? So next is my conversation with Alex on the Truth For Your Teens podcast. If you are in your 20s hoping there is more to life than boys and Bacardi, you are in the right place. Katie Ballmer has been a keynote speaker to over 60 colleges nationwide, encouraging 20-somethings to realize their worth, find their calling, and not date dirtbags. But seriously, Katie is an author, viral TikTok creator, wife, mom of two girls, and your adopted aunt that you never knew how bad you needed. Ready to have some real conversation tackling the hottest topics? This is the Truth For Your 20s podcast. Without further ado, Katie, I'll have you just kind of introduce yourself and then we'll go from there. Alex, you're the best. Thank you for doing what you're doing for teens. I'm just thrilled to be here. I think that you said it all better than I deserve. But yes, I speak to sororities and my favorite topic to talk about is dating. I talk about like women's empowerment and finding your voice and all of that kind of stuff. But you know, you you see the logarithms, you see the comments in the posts. Anytime I talk about dating, people are like, tell me more. And I'm passionate about it. You know, I dated my fair share of dirtbags and ultimately found my worth in Christ. And then the next person I dated was my husband and learned so much the, you know, wrong way. And then read a million books, talked to a lot of people smarter than me and realized, Oh, there's so many mistakes I could have avoided. And so I just here to be who I needed when I was younger and help my younger friends avoid dating dirtbags and make some better decisions when it comes to dating. So that's, yeah, that's about me. Oh my God. Snaps to it, Katie. That is beautiful. And ladies, like I said, Katie talks a lot about this on her podcast. And so I was super excited to have her on and talk to, you know, just like a half a generation younger. First off, Katie, I think I just kind of want to jump in first and see any trends, kind of talk about those, you know, topic hot buzzwords before we really dig into what it means to date in this day and age and how to date with intention and date well. Yeah, I think you said it right there, date with intention. I think that's something that I talk with young women about a lot. But I mean, I think there's fear around calling it a date, which I I don't like. I think that, you know, if a guy is asking you out and if he says, hey, do you want to hang out with me sometime? I mean, not that that's wrong and not that he's like, but if he says, hey, would you like to go on a date with me? Yes. Like, thank you. Thank you for calling it a date. Thank you for being man enough to you know, have some guts and be like, I like you. I want to get to know you better. That's essentially what a date is implying. And then, yeah, we have this like, Hey, do you want to come over and watch Netflix and chill, which say no to that. You know, there, like there's all this ambiguous, you almost need an urban dictionary of the urban dictionary, right? Mm-hmm. So like, what, what do they mean? You know, define the relationship as so many details and layers. I mean, I just think that we've made it too complicated. I don't think that anyone even likes that it's so complicated, you know, male or female. And it's just like, Hey, if we could just get back to, would you like to go on a date with me? Yes or no. And then whoever's asking, and I'm not against females asking, but whoever's asking, given that other person a little time, cause whoever's asking probably had days, if not weeks to like, you know, mull it over in their brain. So giving the other party a minute to think about it. And then, and then, yeah, you know, hopefully maybe going on a date. getting to know each other is essentially what dating is about. It's not a marriage proposal. You know, we have this, we have such varying ideas of like 
the first date is, you know, he has to be a Christian. He has to check all the boxes and he has to like every, everything like, well, what just hold on. <laughs> Why don't you just get to know each other? And then we have, you know, the other spectrum of like, it's always casual. It's always casual, whatever, whatever. We're just having fun. But six months later, you know, intimacy and emotions and so many things can become intertwined, then it's not just having fun. You know, like we can't just be coy with matters of the heart. Like we need to define it and be clear with one another where we want this thing to go. So ultimately communication is where we need to work on. And I think that that just requires, you know, serving, like having this attitude of serving the other person and being unselfish and getting out of our own, like me, me, me mentality. And then then it just becomes, oh, of course, I want to communicate where we are. Of course, I want to like let you know, I like you, you like me, let's see where this thing is headed, you know? So anyway, I could go on, but maybe that helps answer your question. That is beautiful. And I think you're hitting on something really important because I, uh, you know, being a 23 year old and I am single, so I am still in the dating world. It's it's a great time. It's a great place. <laughs> but I think it's so wonderful that you're talking about, you know, a date is just getting to know someone. It's not a marriage proposal. I don't need to check every single box immediately or even know if they check that box. Because these days, you know, there's like that six month talking phase where it's like, oh, well, we're not together, but we're talking. And I think the important part about this is that a lot of women tend to think that that has some kind of exclusivity to it, whereas men tend to not. Mm -hmm. And ladies, I want to encourage you guys exactly what Katie is saying about don't be afraid to define what's going on and have that kind of honest conversation. Next up, because this is so ingrained in our culture right now and what we're seeing, uh, Katie, I'm interested to hear kind of what your advice is for these young preteens or teenage women who are, I hope to say that middle school is probably a little young, but this is when you start thinking about stuff. And as you come into high school and you start to potentially date people, how do you approach dating? Perhaps whenever society and culture and social media is saying it's cool to be casual, just talk and hang out. How do you have this conversation or how do you, you know, approach this scene with perhaps a more mature mindset? Yeah. Well, um, I'm, t- I'm writing notes because there's so many things I want to say, but I think it's interesting. Like you said, it's cool to be casual and, and you're right. And I hear that as well, but if we back up and look at this, how can a relationship thrive if there's a contest to see who cares less, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> oh my god I yes exactly right? and so if we're like oh I mean whatever I don't care if he called me I don't care if she called me then then I don't well so I think that we need to be clear like I like you you like me and that requires vulnerability that requires putting yourself out there you might get hurt but honestly I would say that that risk is far less than this ambiguous I don't care so to speak six months in you care. And there is, there's going to be friendships intertwined. There's going to be emotional and time invested. And then all of a sudden, six months later, so one of the parties says, Oh, we're not dating. Oh, like they, they go date someone else because they never really define a relationship. And then you're just left saying, well, what was all of that time? I feel like that's much worse than, Hey, I like you. And they're like, Oh, well, thanks. But I just see you as friends. That sucks, but it's early on. And at least, you know, at least you've communicated it. And so, yeah, I mean, I would just say, talk about it. Um, uh, the other thing I was want to talk about is 
it's interesting because in dating, we look at quote everyone else and we look at what's on TV, but we see a bunch of broken examples. And so if you see, you know, your friends in hookup culture or TV doing this and all of these examples of, oh, okay, well, this is normal. You need to ask yourself, do you want to be normal? Because I bet you don't. And if you want a different kind of relationship, you have to date in a different kind of way. And I have a lot to say about that as well. (laughs) Well, I want to hear it, Katie, because I, even I'll be transparent and this is a particularly um, important conversation for me because oftentimes on stuff that I talk about on my podcast is stuff that I love, but I kind of worked through it. You know, I've really got my mind wrapped around it. Dating is something that I am constantly working through and changing my perspective on. And so as far as dating differently, what are some particular green flags or particular red flags that we're looking at that you see, whether it's through your mentorship and trends across social media, people, you know, particularly red flags that might be considered normal these days that we might overlook because TV shows tell us, oh, he says he's not ready for a relationship now and neither of them want to define it, but then they have a period of sexual intimacy or a lot of one-on-one time together, hanging out, emotional investment, and then suddenly it changes. And I mean, I think this can sometimes be detrimental to us women in the real world because life is not always like a TV show. And so want to hear those red flags, green flags. What are some markers for you that you identify whether it's good or it's bad things to look for um, that our girls can kind of tack away in their knapsack for future reference. Yes, for sure. Well, one thing you mentioned is defining this healthy and doing a different kind of relationship. A relationship can only be as strong as its weakest partner. So when we're talking about, you know, dating differently, some things that we, especially as a teenager is kind of mind blowing is working on that best version of yourself. So it's, you know, I do online mentoring. I don't think I mentioned that. So I get to talk with girls all over the nation and hear different types of dating stories and stuff like that. But one thing I hear, you know, so often is, okay, if I could pick a dream guy, you know, I want a Christian guy. I want a guy, um, and not just say he is like, he's growing in his faith. Like he's definitely, I don't even have to worry about it. He's going to be a Christian leader of our home. He is getting out of debt. He is working on that best version of himself. He has a hobby. He goes to the gym. Like he's gone in counseling. Like, uh, like, yes, like he is, you know, freed from all of that junk. Meanwhile, I'm going to quote, look for him. while dancing on the table and sleeping late and missing class. Like, okay, listen, a boyfriend cannot complete you. He cannot fix you. There is only one savior and his name is not Tyler. It's so obvious yet mind-blowing that we we like to think, oh, I want this. But okay, let's say in in a direction example, if this idea guy that we just described is in Canada, I I don't know. That's where he lives. (laughs) We have to drive north. We have to take steps north to get there. But we meanwhile think, oh, whatever. I'll take some steps south and east and west, and we'll just see what happens. You are not going to get go that direction if you do not take steps in that direction. Like mind blowing and also obvious. So that's one way we talked about just like dating differently. And another thing, Hollywood. This is again mind blowing yet super obvious. If you think about my, my backgrounds in marketing and advertising, if you think about the people in the boardroom, the script writers, the actors, the directors, they're all like getting together, making the idea for the next rom-com or sitcom or whatever it may be. Not once ever 
Has there been a relationship therapist? Not once has there been, I know, let me communicate how to best have healthy relationships for the teens and 20-somethings that are going to be watching this movie. No, they are thinking, how can I make money? How can I get people to show up to the box office, maybe even make it a little scandalous so I'll get free press because everyone will be like, oh my gosh, did you hear about Fifty Shades of Grey? Like, oh my gosh. And then people show up in droves. And they make tons and tons of money. And never once was it like, oh, this is this is a good way to do relationships. No, it is a good way to make money. It is entertainment. We need to keep it in its box. And then look to relationship advice. I don't know, for maybe the one who created you. <laughs> Perhaps he knows better than Hollywood. I mean, I'm just, you know, something to think about. <laughs> I mean, this is so funny. Like, I mean, I did, I did this too. You know, we're like, oh, no, no. Cosmopolitan Magazine, I'm sure, I'm sure knows better than Jesus. I'm sure. The actors and actresses who have been on their fifth and sixth marriages, surely their rom-com gives me all the feels and it has a better idea than the one who knows, like the who created love, who is the best definition of love the world has ever seen. But the world isn't telling you this. Hollywood is not telling you this. And we don't have enough examples, which is gets me frustrated too. One thing I always say is you can't be what you can't see. So how do you know what these healthy relationships look like? Um, you got to go look for them. You got to see example in your church of a couple that like, Hey, I just love you guys. I know you're flawed and you're imperfect because you're human, but I love you guys. Can I babysit your kids sometime? Can I just hang out with you and just get to know you? I know, I know it sounds trite from a Christian podcast, but like, what does God have to say about relationships? Um, there's Corinthians, there's a lot of stories about that. And if we just look at the cross, like it is a perfect God who sacrificially was like, I choose you. I want to keep choosing you. Like I, and and then we have contrast that with today's dating me, 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 me. And Jesus is like, I want to serve you. So if we look at that example of Jesus and if both partners in a relationship are both looking to that example of Jesus, there's going to be so much less frustration. Yes, you're both flawed human beings, but I believe that marriage is a little picture on earth of how much God loves us. So if I show up every day and be trying to be an example of Jesus to my husband and he does the same, we're going to avoid a heck of a lot less troubles than people who don't have that example and don't look to that and don't strive to emulate that every day. I have a lot to say. (laughs) Katie, you hit the nail on the head with something that apparently I'm very productive work-wise in the morning, but I have like my mind-blowing, in my opinion, uh, like conniption moment havings like late at night. So I was actually up last night thinking about this episode and thinking about dating. And I love what you said about looking at this image of Christ on the cross and he died for us. And solely because of love, knowing that we've committed all these sins and we would commit all of these sins and it didn't matter to him because he just loved us, not out of duty, not out of obligation, not because he felt like he had to, but just freely because he wants to choose us and he will choose us every day. And I think that a lot of times on top of trying to listen to what culture is saying about how to date. You also, I think I've heard from some younger women who feel like they've fallen into this pitfall of, well, I have to be all of these things and be perfect to get this guy, to get the kind of guy that I want. And I love making sure that we're pinpointing this perspective of leaning into the Bible, leaning into Christ, joining communities that you want to be a part of, but also that you would want the kind of guy that you date to be a part of, not because you're trying to, you know, get this perfect guy, but because you're trying to strengthen 
your relationship with Christ and be the best person that you can be instead of looking at Christ and how he died for us and sacrificing for us and thinking I need to be perfect to get, you know, whatever it is that I want. Instead, it's, wow, look at this model of love. And I want to emulate this model of love so that I can bring it to the relationship I have with my partner. Or also expanding that to the relationship with your friends, your parents, your mentors, you know, everyone else that is around you. And so I really appreciate you highlighting that because I think that is so important and something that we kind of gloss over a lot these days. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that especially... You know, I've talked to people who've been married a lot of years too. And so dating versus people who've married a lot of years, you'll hear, oh, well, I just don't feel it anymore. I just don't like, okay. Then, Then again, we look to the cross and it's like, not, I don't want to love always because I feel like it. I don't want to love always because my husband quote deserves it. I want to love because the example that was shown to me. And if I look at, we've been married 17 years, you know, I want to look at our relationship as a whole because there are going to be weeks and maybe months where I'm going to be a pain in the butt to love, or he's going to be a pain in the butt to love. Usually it's me, let's be honest. But, <laughs> and, but if I'm like looking at that whole, um, I, I'm looking at, who he is, you know, for 17 years, first of all, and, and not even just looking at that flawed human, looking at how much Jesus forgave me and how much I have been set free. I want to be an example of that to my husband. And again, not, not to be a doormat and not to like put up with any kind of, you know, horrible stuff, but, but I'm not, you know, my husband's a great loving person. And so when we're both going to be pains and we're both going to be hard to love sometimes, but when I can show up and love that way, and he can show up and love that way because we see the example, because we are studying and knowing the author of love. Again, it just, I don't know how marriages survive without that. I mean, it's just like, you just have to keep showing up and loving. Um, and then it becomes, love is a choice sometimes, but then it also is a feeling. You continue to show up and love and love. And then like, I, you know, I've heard it said that marriage is about falling in love over and over, always with the same person. And so if we just rely on these, these feelings of high, that, that that's, um, that's a lie. It's just, it's, it's insustainable. Infatuation can only neurologically last 12 to 18 months. That's that butterfly stage and googly eyed and like, oh, it's cute. It's adorable. Love it. But it just like, you can't, could you imagine like being married 30 years and like, no, I mean, whatever. Sure. It comes and goes and you get googly eyed because of life and because you see them as a father and you see them as a new, in a new job and all these things, but you just have to continually show up and look to that example on the cross and that, that love. Actually, I would say it grows. Cause I mean, I thought I loved my husband when I married him, but then you like, you go through life and you go through junk and you go through heartache and it's like, I would choose you a hundred times over now. And we've built lives together. We built memories together. And I think that's even better than a white dress and flowers and all the cute stuff. That's, that's great. It's adorable. But like this building a life together is even better. Oh my gosh. Yes. So funny. I uh, talk to my friends and my mom or other girls in my life and girl thing is often to want like this giant wedding and God love them. I'm over here and I'm like, I don't want a big wedding. Like I don't want to get married at a courthouse per se, but I want a really, really small wedding because I don't want a wedding. I don't want a marriage. And 
I, that is, I mean, if I could like stitch something on like a pillow for my daughter to have, it's like, want the marriage, not the wedding. And I know that, you know, a lot of our listeners, y'all are 12 and 13 and 14. And so this seems like super far off to you guys. But the reason we say that now is because Katie and I have both experienced quite our fair share of heartbreak because we're not setting intentions early. And it's not like you're sitting down with this guy and you're like, okay, you're either going to marry me or there's the door. Like that's not, that's a little dramatic. Um, but more of what we're saying is, and Katie, please jump in and correct me if I'm wrong. But I think from my perspective, what I'm saying to you guys is have those intentions in your head. I encourage you not to make a 60 point list of everything that you want in a guy, particularly he has brown hair and he's six, five and he has blue eyes and super cute smile. Like, okay, great. Well, I would encourage you guys instead to have your two or three or four deal breakers instead. So he's got to be kind. He's got to love Christ and he's got to treat me well and treat everyone else around him well instead. And I think that that, at least in my experience, gives you a much better perspective on do I really want to date this person? Do I want to be attached to them? Because our significant others are kind of a reflection of ourselves in a lot of ways. And so do I want my name and myself associated with this person? And if I do, can I make sure why? I was, you know, fell in love in high school and dated a lot in high school, dated a lot in college. And I can be honest now and tell you that it wasn't probably until my senior year of high school that I really stopped and thought about why do I like this guy? Is it because he plays football and he's super ripped and he's cute and funny? Or is it because he treats me well and he cares about those around him and he's trying his best to live his life for Christ and grow into the best person he can be? Hey friends, I hope you're enjoying this episode as much as I am. Just a quick note to let you know that we have swag. If you enjoy this podcast, if it has enriched your life in any way, You support me and all the behind the scenes that goes into creating these episodes by shopping my online store. I made it super easy for you. The link is right in the notes in this episode, whether you're listening on Spotify, Apple, or wherever it is, simply scroll down and get your shop on. Truth For Your 20s listeners can use promo code TRUTH to get 10% off at checkout. 100%. One thing I feel like I say often on mentoring calls is just thinking long-term. And I would agree with you that having a quote list, I guess is important, but really what matters is having those two or three non-negotiables. You know, I always say, um, loves Christ and doesn't look at pornography. Um, those are like the two deal breakers. And ideally if he loves Christ, the second one is taken care of as well. And then, you know, maybe say some other things that matter to you, but hold that with an open hand. I heard a story of a pastor who was like, I really, really want my future wife to be debt free. I mean, that sounds great. I think that all of us would want a future partner to be debt-free. However, the lady he ended up married, marrying had a lot of debt, but part of their story became getting out of debt and helping other young couples do the same when they got married. And so maybe God wants to do that with you. However, don't hear me say, oh, well, God wants me to lead them to Jesus. Event, <laughs> what do you call it? Evangelical dating is not a thing. Like you are not their savior. You are not their savior. You are not their mama. You're not the priest. Yeah. So you can't know, just know. <laughs> oh my God. I <laughs> reached that so hard. I, uh, you cannot fix them. Yeah. Especially even if someone wants to quote, be fixed. I hate that terminology, but it's a popular buzzword when dating the sweet girl wants to turn like the bad boy or whatever. Okay. No, no, that yeah. is a popular trope in cinema 
I have watched many movies like it. It does not play out. It's well. a movie just for entertainment, not for relationship advice. Yes. Oh my God. Exactly. And I will tell you that from my experience, it does not end well. I guarantee you. Next thing, Katie, I kind of wanted to lean into a bit. Sometimes I was lucky. I had parents that were really open about dating and relationships. Some of our girls might not have that same experience. And so if you were talking to your daughters or a girl who maybe needs a mentor or a guardian, what are some kind of top things that you would tell her as she's entering this dating world and trying to navigate it, especially when she might be listening to her podcast and hopefully, you know, she'll share it with her friends, but maybe some other girls or women in her class or above her on her sports team, maybe they're not as intentional with their dating and maybe pressuring her to fall into more of what society says or encourages you guys to do. What would you tell her? Yeah, I would say ultimately in your, your teen years, you're writing a story. You're writing a story that will be your dating story that you will tell your husband one day, that you will tell your future children one day. And again, when in doubt, think long-term. And so that pen is in your hand and what a beautiful opportunity. Even if that last chapter isn't something you're proud of, what is the next chapter going to be? You get the opportunity to write a good story. And this is so exciting in your younger years to, to decide what that, what you want that to look like. And then again, I would say, think about what matters to you before you go into dating. So before you get wrapped up in blue eyes and cologne and ripped abs or whatever it may be, what matters to you? Not just what matters to you when you're 17. What do you think is going to matter to you when you're 40? And I, again, not a first date is a marriage proposal, but as you get wrapped up into a relationship, it is easy to think. Like I remember um, my freshman year of college, I dated the worst of all dirtbags. <laughs> simply because it was convenient. Looking back, it was so dumb. Like he had his group of friends that was, you know, a few of them were dating my group of friends and we just always hung out together. And so it just made sense for that one year of college and like moving forward. Like there was nothing about our lives that I didn't even really like him that much. It was just like, Oh, it just makes sense for us to date. Says who? No, like no. And Oh, get the cooties just thinking about that. So again, deciding what matters to you. And that's not always going to be easy because it's going to be like, well, I mean, he is kind of cute. Well, I mean, we kind of do have fun together. Is that who you want beside you when you're 40? Is he have uh, evidence in his life that he's growing in his faith? And this is the part I want you to hear the most is define what matters to you physically because um, sex is a big deal. It is a big deal. Our world says, oh, no strings attached. Like, the, you know, it doesn't matter. It matters. And let's remember like the God of the universe created it and he gave it as a gift to Adam and Eve on their wedding day. Uh, it is a good gift that he gave for people who are pledged to be committed to each other for life. You and me through thick and thin. And I think a lot of times in our teen years, we're like, oh, God says to wait because of rules and um, he doesn't want me to have fun. And uh, while we probably wouldn't say this out loud, we think, oh, I know better than you, God, like he's really cute and it'll be fine and we're going to get married. Okay, you can think that, but I know myself and a lot of other people have been there and it leads to nothing but broken hearts. So if the God of the universe said, wait, maybe looking at the reason why 
behind he said that. And I believe uh, I've done a lot of homework on this and studied and, you know, dove deep into why, why did he say, wait, you know, was it just for kicks and giggles? It just for a power trip. I believe your good and loving father wants what is best for you. And he knows this powerful yet fragile bond can lead to heartbreak and can lead to a lot of pain if it is shared outside of the bounds of marriage. And you know, let's remember that sex produces children and we all can see the evidence of our society that children benefit from a mother and father in the home, not just, not just together, but in love. And think about all of the problems that would be solved in this world if every home had a loving mother and father. And so again, if we get back to the original way God designed this, he's like, I want these two committed people, um, you know, intimate, uh, undressed, like flawed, but respectful and loving. And I'm here with you through thick and thin. The first time it is ever referenced in um, in history, the Hebrew word is ikad, which translates to binding together at the deepest level. It is is a binding. It is uh, it is big. It is, you know, hormonally, scientifically, there's so many things that bind to that, to that other human, which is a good thing in marriage, which is a good thing saying you and me through thick and thin. I want to choose you and keep choosing you, but can be very hurtful and painful when shared out of that bond. So had to unpack all of that to help my younger friends because um, I didn't know all that and I wish that I did. And I know that if you have been there that you can write a new story, but having being able to avoid that heartbreak, I think anyone who has been there would be like, yes, yes, and amen. Do not go down that road because it just leads to pain. And you were meant for so much more and your heavenly father loves and wants for you so much more. Absolutely. And to tack on that, something, a pitfall that I fell into, and I think it's pretty natural. You go to high school, you go to college, and you're exposed to a good amount of people. But even then, in comparison to the world and the people that you're going to meet throughout, you know, the rest of your lifetime, it's so small. And so when you're thinking, when you said that, you know, God has created you for something so much more than just having sex with this okay guy because he's cute and he has really nice arms. Um, you know, look at your availability in, in the pool of guys that's around you because you might say, well, he checks a couple boxes and he's okay and he's kind of growing his faith, but I don't know, like he's not doing anything that is directly against Christ, but I don't know if he's really committed, but that's like the best of your pool. I encourage you guys to not settle and to recognize that, you know, you might be looking at a group of 10 guys that's in your friend group and you think, oh man, this, he's really great because that is your perspective. Those are the guys that you're around every day. But when we take a step back and think about what God has planned for us and the relationship that he wants for us and has crafted for us, even if we don't see it yet, you know, there's so much more to that story. And not that the guy that you meet is going to be some Prince Charming on a white horse. I have a lot of things against Prince Charming. A guy in perfect armor never did anything for anybody. A partner in dented armor, that's what you want. That's who you're looking for, okay? Someone that's going to stand by you through thick and thin when things are good and when things are ugly. And so I encourage you guys, you know, high school can be an interesting time because, Katie, I don't know if you experienced the same pressure, but I felt this where when you're thinking about the rest of your life, the most obvious thing is, to be married and have kids. And that's what people say. And so it kind of applies this pressure of, if I don't have a boyfriend, what's wrong with me? What am I doing wrong? Perhaps this pressures me into settling. Ladies, I know that popular culture and media will say like, you're going to meet your other half one day and you complete me. And they're very 
for the most part, well-intentioned Valentine's Day quotes, but y'all, you're not a half. Right. You're not incomplete. God made you perfect and whole and amazing and incredible. You do not need a man to complete you. I know Katie says that all the time. You do not need a man to complete you. You are complete and they are complete. And you meet and you fall in love and you decide to choose each other every single day. Yeah. Do not settle. Do not feel the pressure. There are so many other things that will contribute to your life and that you will find meaning in. This is one incredible, incredible piece. But do not let the voices in your head or the external voices around you pressure you into trying to find something or fit like one of those square blocks into like, you know, a circular hole. It's not going to work. Right. It's going to cause pain to everyone involved. Yeah. I mean, I was going to say there's this fear of being single, but like, why? It's not, it's not deadly. Like, <laughs> and, and it's so funny too, because the ones that are so afraid of being single, I'm like, they're like, Oh, what if I never, yeah, I do mentoring. You know, I, I hear this. Oh, I'm just afraid I'll never get married. So I'm going to date him. I'm like, um, you're 19. Like what? <laughs> First of all, simmer down. You know, one of my best friends just got married at 32 and to a wonderful guy. So there's no like time limit on these things. And then like, if you, again, thinking long-term, like a marriage, a relationship can be a rock. It can be a firm, solid foundation that you can lean on, or it can be a rock in your shoe. And when you settle, then it's like, oh, well, I mean, he's not the best of my choices, but he'll do. <laughs> then you're talking about, deciding where you're going to live, deciding how to spend your money, deciding what, how to decorate the house, deciding how to raise your children, all very huge life altering decisions with sort of okay. Like, is that, you know, is that what you really want? And let's think about this. Have you ever worried that the earth would make a complete rotation? Have you ever worried that the stars would fall out of the sky or that the seeds would, you know, bring up a forest? No, but that's a lot more complicated than finding you, your boo thing, and the same God is in control. So to, to simmer down, it's going to be all right. Oh my God, freaking preach. I, I, I just love that because I'm talking to some of my friends and they're like in 25, I'm 23. And so, you know, I, I still have a lot of time, but sometimes you feel like you don't because you're out of college and you're in the workplace and doing your thing now. But it's like, you don't need... 10 guys. You don't need a pool of 20 guys or 40. You need one. And I say need as in to have your marriage. Okay. You need one man, right? Okay. So God certainly has that under control. So rather if you think that being on 20 different dating apps and running around like a chicken with his head cut off, trying to be everywhere at once, trying to check all of these boxes and meet as many men as possible, you're just kind of running in circles. It's not necessary, you know? You just need one and God's got your one taken care of. I guarantee, guarantee. hundred percent. Yeah. And you know, like the other side, you can't stay locked up in your Rapunzel tower. He's probably not going to come. So yes, you know, washing your hair, wearing, like wearing deodorant, being, you know, like little things like that and going to networking events, going to things that interest you, like maybe the gym or um, cooking classes or whatever, all those little things will probably connect you with other people that are interested in that kind of thing as well who perhaps are good looking guys, who knows? But yeah, I mean, I don't think you can like stay locked up in your apartment and hope that Prince Charming is going to knock on your door. Like, you know, we have that conversation too, but again, it's not like, Oh, well, Bubba from third block says I'm cute. So I might as well go with that. Like, no, (laughs) there's a balance here. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh my God. Exactly. Exactly. I will say as someone who, as an introvert, and I spent a lot of time just doing my thing. And I was finally like, you know, this is not a rom-com where some like super hot pizza guy is going to like show up and deliver my dominoes to me. I got to tune into myself. And what you're saying is not just go haphazardly to a bunch of different bars, or if you're in high school, a bunch of different parties, but instead figuring out what you enjoy and what you like. And perhaps you will meet someone with like-minded values when you go to those events, when you join those groups. Yeah. Yeah. And if a guy likes you, like I've heard this from a lot of girls too. Oh, he likes me. Oh, like, I don't know. There's just so much pressure if he likes you. Well, but did you even think about, do you like him too? Like, cool. He likes you. Of course he does. You're a beautiful, Jesus-loving, incredible catch. You could have a hundred guys like you. doesn't mean you need to, like, thank you. I appreciate it. But you, like you said, you only need one. And you don't have to entertain. Like, congratulations, cool. Yes, of course. Push that hair back and go on and, and define what matters to you. If they are not growing in Christ, and again, guys want to win your heart. If all the beautiful women collectively decide we will no longer settle, we will no longer date guys who are kind of sort of pretending to date us in this ambiguous mess, like, guess what? Guys will shape up. Like, that's how it always has been. And I believe girls can change the dating world. Just decide we're not going to settle for this junk. And like, you either date us with intention and with respect and like, get your life together or don't. And guess what? Guys want to date beautiful women. So you have the power. Absolutely. Absolutely. I know I have heard a bunch of people say, you know, women set the tone for the relationship. And it's not that you're the one making all of the hard decisions, but rather right now in the culture that we live in, kind of like guys, you see these things where it's like, oh my God, if he does this, marry him. And a lot of them are like basic level of respect standards where it's like, okay, why are you dating someone if they don't do this? Why are you dating someone if they've only done this once in like five years? I'm confused. And so, you know, you guys, because once you're in the relationship, it's a partnership. Uh, you know, Katie, I saw one of your TikToks the other day and it was like, the I think this was you. It's like the problem with him respecting my decision to wait is because it should be our decision. And we are a team, we're a partnership. That's like my favorite word to describe yeah. The relationship that I want in the future personally is I want a partnership. You guys are making decisions in that relationship together, but you initially, you know, if a guy likes you, great. Do you like him back? Does he meet your kind of standard of the way that you want to be treated and the relationship that you want to be in? Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. No, I think that I love that. I love that you love the word partnership because in Christian dating, you might've heard equally yoked. And when I was, you know, a teenager, I thought that had something to do with an egg, like (laughs) Y-O-L-K. But I'm sure there's a listener out there that doesn't know it either. It's Y-O-K-E, referring to a bar between two oxen. But maybe a more modern example is like a three-legged race. So if I'm running toward Christ, if I'm running toward, you know, that best version of myself, but my partner is laying on the ground in a three-legged race, it's going to be significantly harder to do this thing called life to run toward things that I'm passionate about. But yeah, as in this partnership, you're linking legs, you're linking arms. You're like, let's do this thing. And at times, you know, I might run a little faster or my husband might run a little faster, but that's the beauty of it as well. You know, he's carrying me along. I'm carrying him along. Um, sometimes we're running slower. Sometimes we're running faster, but, but that's the beauty of it. That That is the partnership and that that's good stuff. But think about who you want to run life with this three-legged race because it's yeah it's a marathon not a sprint and it's it's good but it can be hard and so you know making sure you are in that race with the right person for sure 
Oh my gosh. Absolutely. And I know you guys, some of y'all are like 12 and 13 listening to this and might be like, Oh my God. Um, but the reason we say that is, you know, I'll be transparent and you guys know this if you listen to other episodes, but you know, I went through a lot of hard stuff in high school, like big stuff that were really hard. And I personally wasn't in a relationship at the time, but I would like to think that, you know, if I was, when you encounter hard things and you're in a relationship, that person either shows up for you and supports you as you're moving through whatever it is, or they can make it 10 million times more difficult. Three-legged race, perfect example. And so thinking about even at the age of 14 or 15, if you do encounter something difficult, whether it's a sports injury or being really disappointed with friendships or, you know, not getting the part in the play that you wanted or parents getting a divorce, that kind of thing. Like who do you want in your life supporting you and who do you want to support and, you know, walk beside? Yeah. Those are good examples. I just can't thank you enough for being on the podcast. Again, you are one of my favorite people to talk to and I appreciate your wisdom, particularly around dating so much. And want to open it to you if you have any final thoughts, comments, and uh, just can't thank you enough. You are such a light and I'm so grateful to have you. Oh, well, you are a light and thank you for what you're doing. And y'all give her kudos on social media. Doesn't she? I feel like before we started recording, I'm like, you have such a great voice for this. (laughs) I told Katie whenever she said that, that I really appreciate that because I feel like I can't even listen to my episodes, like replay them because I feel like I sound like a dying squirrel. But I listened, I listened to Katie's episodes and I'm like, her voice sounds so great. I need to sound like this. Like I want to, you know, get the speaking voice right. So I really, really appreciate that. Well, I would just say to you and to everyone, like we we're all, we'll come back to the race example. We're all running our own race. And I think that God has uniquely gifted you beautifully and perfectly to speak who you're speaking to and to use your voice, you know, not just the physical sound of it, but you know, literal, like sharing that voice. And to everyone listening, like you have a story, you have a a passion or whatever it is. And, you know, don't let, um, don't let the dating cloud or take away your light. Like it's supposed to be, as you said, a partnership and you guys running this race together, I guess I'll just close with one of the best examples I've heard of dating is like the triangle example with God at the top and, you know, male and female at the bottom, you're both have your eyes on Christ. You're both running that race to the top of the triangle and you meet somewhere along the way. And so the journey hasn't changed the, the purpose where you're headed hasn't changed, but at some point you're doing it together in a relationship. And so if you can have that idea, then you're going to be just fine. Oh my gosh. I love that. And one of my favorite verses is the cord of three strands is not easily broken. Yes. You, your partner in Christ. Yes. And it's beautiful. You guys got this. We have full confidence in you guys and your ability to date with intention, date well, and change the dating scene. Preach. Have the power. I know we do. Do it, ladies. Thank you, guys. And y'all, if you guys ever have any questions, comments, feedback, check out my website, alexosrecker.life. DM me on social media. I am always happy to chat with you guys and can't thank you all enough for tuning in. Katie, thank you for being here. And I hope you guys have an awesome rest of your day. And I'll talk to you guys soon. Hey, did anyone tell you today that you're awesome? You are awesome. I appreciate you hanging out with me in your earbuds. I cannot thank you enough for your support of the show. Hey, it would mean the world to me if you would share this with a friend or leave a review on iTunes. Your support keeps us going and is a chai tea latte to my soul. You are the best, my friends.